T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, it's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run and 670 The Score. Texter upset with me. Would you please say RBIs? I will agree to say GIF if you play RBIs. This, this is a trade that maybe we can, uh, we can indeed work out. Because it is GIF. I know it's a G and it's a graphic interface, yada, yada, yada. But he wanted it to sound like GIF, said the inventor. And I, I, Matt Spiegel, will, will grant that dude... Exactly what he wants is he's made a GIF uh, part of our world. Um, it is hit and run on 670 The Score. i got a guest coming up in 20 minutes. Uh, I think you will enjoy. Uh, in the meantime, I wanted to play you this. Uh, just in case anybody missed it, it's a long week here uh, in, in your life. And there was another sporting event. I'm told on Thursday there was something else that had gone on with um, different kinds of players with a differently shaped ball. Nah, come on. You know. It's that, I'm not too far removed from being your Monday through Friday Huckleberry folks. We could sit here and talk bears for hours, but we're not going to because this is the baseball show on a Sunday morning. And all that's happening later on today is baseball everywhere. It's amazing. All this tailgating going on. Apparently, um, if I have this right, Antonio Brown is joining the Red Sox. Do, do I have that correctly? I, th- I think so. I, I think that's what's happening. Okay, and 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 Christian Yelich threw a touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham the other night, I believe, is what happened. Adrian Amos read the eyes of Anthony Rizzo and picked one off just inside the left field line. Am I am I doing this right? It's baseball season, damn it. So Jed Hoyer was on the station earlier in the week, and he agreed to some very uncomfortable truths in a conversation with uh with with Danny oh god it's his name Parkins that's who Danny Parkins I know that guy so l- listen to Hoyer about the offense cuz we've been having a lot of conversation the first hour here after a distressing Cubs loss uh in, here in a moment where they find themselves a game and a half up for the second wild card over the surging Arizona Diamondbacks um, Zach Withers, we have pulled a few cuts. This first one, I think the first couple come along with a Parkins question in talking about the core group of, of offensive players here. The young core that we all saw arriving one after another after another in 2014 and 15 and 16. And here they all were. And oh my God, the back half of this decade is going to be owned by the Cubs. Here's uh, Jed Hoyer with, uh, with Parkins and Mac. That the players that dominated 2015 and won the World Series in 16, I just thought we're going to keep getting better. And all of these guys are in their prime, 
And it's an odd thing. Like I don't, I don't feel like I've heard a great explanation as to why the team collectively just isn't better. Yeah, you're not going to hear one from from me either. A, a good one, otherwise, because I think that we've all had that same that same thought. And I feel like individually, in some ways, we have a, a lot of guys that are, ha- are having good seasons, but what we just haven't we haven't turned into that offensive juggernaut that I think we we expected in 2015. When you looked at the the lineup, you're like, oh my god, at 27, 28. This lineup is going to be impossible to pitch to. So yeah, I, I can't explain it. I'm still hopeful that we can get there. Um, but that you know, that said, I mean, it, you know, it is um, it is something that I think we've looked at. Like why you know we haven't. We're still a very good offense in a lot of ways, but we haven't evolved into that monstrous offense of 27, 28, 29 year olds that we expected. I think in 2015, have not evolved into the monstrous offense that they expected. Here's a little more of uh, Jed with those guys. So in that vein, you, ter- you said earlier, you know, you're running out of season. It's undeniably true. Does it also feel like you're running out of time for that collective to reach their potential? Yeah. I mean, I think that um, it's obviously something we talk about. You know, we talk about um, how much control, how much service time you have of each guy. And uh, yeah, I think that sometimes when there's moments of, of frustration, I think some of that frustration is that, that dynamic that, yes, we're running out of season, but also... You know, we don't control these players in their 20s forever. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, both Theo and I, we love offense. I think, you know, we sort of uh, came up with the Red Sox and these grinding offenses. And, you know, I think what we want more than anything is to sort of be able to recreate that. And um, we haven't gotten to that point. We've gotten to the point of, you know, at times good or very good, but we have not gotten to that excellent level where I think we, we can be. We just haven't gotten there. And I think, yeah, there's some frustration there, of course. That's a remarkable level of honesty. In my opinion, I, I mean that that's it, it's it's fairly staggering. Um, and if you'd known them, if you'd watched them and covered them, and maybe you remember me on these airwaves for those first few years, uh, as as I was here the entire time, as Theo and Jed got here, and I had watched them, dissected them in Boston, and knew what they were trying to recreate. We talked a lot about pitches per plate appearance as they tried to put together a lineup that just absolutely grinded out at bats, forced long games, forced uh, the opposition to get rid of their starter earlier and go to the bullpen sooner and reach the seamy underbelly of most pitching staffs, which was the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings, because most teams mismanaged what arms they had. They would, most teams did. I'm realizing as I say this, something that is obviously shifted around baseball because the goal was to get to the fifth, sixth, and seventh inning part of the bullpen. And then teams started using certain guys like Andrew Miller there. They started using certain guys as the middle closer that the Cubs now need and use, where your first couple of guys out of the bullpen have to be absolutely great. And oh, by the way, there are guys. When when the Brewers have to go to an arm after Gio Gonzalez, they flip things around, go lefty to righty with Freddie Peralta, who has outrageous stuff. Mixed bag of success for Freddie Peralta. But look at him last night, if you were watching, 97 miles an hour wherever he wants it. And a, a nasty slider right on the corners had terrific control. Good luck, because no longer are the guys that you get when you get to the seamy underbelly of the bullpen after you've grinded it bat after it bat after it bat. No longer do you get, I don't know, David Phelps. You don't, you don't get that kind of guy anymore. You get a blistering swing and miss person instead. But yeah, they wanted it to be like Boston. And they tried. 
And then they had this collective. And unfortunately, they thought these guys would be better. And they're just not better. And unfortunately, that also means Chris Bryant, who's good. Very, very, very good. But he was on an absurd trajectory, which, of course, now has fallen because baseball is hard. But this dude who went from college player of the year to minor league player of the year to rookie of the year to MVP in four seasons has leveled off, dealt with injuries, returned, and then gone through a slump in this particular season in a terrible, terrible time. Just a a brutal time to go through it for, uh, for, for Chris Bryant. And so all of them are just not quite as good as they expected them to be. Uh, let's play a little more of, uh, of Jed. Zach, what are these two others that we wanted to play about the offense? The first one that we're going to play is about how they've wanted balls in play for the past couple of years. More balls in play. You know, the organization of the strike zone and some of the situational hitting is, is something that we've been you know, wrestling with for, for three or four years. I saw a thing the other day online, you know, it was sort of using my quotes against me from four years ago, you know, saying the exact same thing about this team. And, and they're right. You know, I think that that, that has been the, the greatest frustration is that, you know, we, we've sort of had some of the same, you know, situational scoring position, you know, not putting the ball in play issues for four years. And that's the part that I don't know, I think is less fixable, I guess would be the way, the, the way to say it. Because at this point, I have been saying it for four years. He's been saying it for four years. It's less fixable. Oh, my goodness, the honesty. Seriously. I mean, this is why, and they've known it. This is why they said it last October while Theo said it's time to look at production uh, as, opposed to, um, uh, as opposed to potential. Less fixable. He does overnights here, right? Less fixable. The, um, I used to work at a tire shop with a guy named Less Fixable about 1997 on Ashland Avenue. It, it, you're, you're asking guys to, to change themselves. I've talked about this a lot. You've heard me talk about it. You're asking guys to be everything, asking sluggers to also be situationally savvy. And some of them are just not going to be able to learn it. They're just not going to be able to get there, which means you need to make roster moves and change the construct of your lineup. Uh, Jed Hoyer, one more cut on the offense, on the collective of hitters. So yeah, I, I can't explain it. I'm still hopeful. That we can get there, um, but that you know that said, I mean it, you know it is um, it is something that I think we've looked at like why you know we haven't we're still a very good offense in a lot of ways, but we haven't evolved into that monstrous offense of 27, 28, 29 year olds that we expected I think in 2015. You know I, I think I said it a couple of times this year that sometimes it feels like we're a little bit less than the sum of our parts, and that's that's how I've always explained it that we have a ton of really good players and some of the players are having really good seasons, but it has not the collective offense has not gotten to the point we, we expected wow all right so there you go texter says uh thanks speaks i feel so much worse where's the good vibes babe i know i'm sorry i'm sorry it's a tough moment it really is a tough moment because the year has been uh has been underwhelming as you know and uh i mean my god and right here where they are they got to be winning games you're seeing seeing lineups without zobrist and Contreras that drive me insane and yeah they can't play every day spiegel okay well how about every other day how about Contreras plays one of the first two games after a day off when he was absolutely brilliant um oh my goodness how about how about that is that possible can we do that is that all right no okay and uh it's just, it's just, it, it's awkwardness. It's awkwardness in every direction. And when you hear the big picture stuff that's there, 
um, you realize that the reckoning is could be massive. What is the reckoning? Is it them all looking each other in the face? Talking about Theo, Jed, Jason McLeod, and saying, okay, I think we're doing some things wrong, or I think we have to adjust some things. Or they're looking at the roster and saying, all right, well, what do we get the most value for? What do we do? Who's approaching free agency? You know that answer. Everybody. Everybody. So who are you going to get the most value for? out there in the trade market. It's going to be a really interesting offseason. That said, I thought last year was going to be an interesting offseason, and it wasn't. Last year was Daniel Descalso and Brad Brock, and then eventually Craig Kimbrell. So, poof. All right, well, yeah, you're welcome. I'm very happy to, uh, to lower the, the quality of vibes from good to bad. No, I'm not. See, I like good vibes. What can, what can I do? Let's, let's look around baseball. Where, where can I find some good vibes? Um, oh, I know. I know where I can find some good vibes in one of my favorite people. One of my favorite people who does something at Wrigley Field that you never think about. He is in charge of something that you do not think about, but you will now. You will after this. You enjoy it. You take part in it. You learn things from it. But you don't think about how it happens. We're going to tell you how it happens. This um, Throw this on the pile of interviews this year on Hit and Run that have included the likes of Bob Vorwald when you went inside the television production truck, um, as well as the likes of Steve Albini from a couple weeks ago when we talked baseball with a music backdrop. We got all of that with my guy next. It is 670 The Score. It's Hit and Run. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back in to Hit and Run here on 670 The Score. Live music production on the radio at its finest. This is the Watermelon Song uh, from the Poydog Pondering album, Staring Like a Mountain and Wishing Like the Sea. No, Sitting on the Patio Drinking Like a Fish. (laughs) That's not the name of it, Max Crawford. That's what we used to call it. Okay. So I was uh, listening to this a lot in college. After I had smoked all of the pot, 100% of it. Um, and I loved this stuff. A huge Poydog pondering fan then. Then I moved to Chicago. Uh, very early on as I moved to Chicago, I had, uh, I had a meal after a gig. See, there's the title. Wishing like a mountain, thinking like a sea. That's the real thing. Wishing like a mountain. I think drinking like a fish is better. Drinking like a fish might be better, but yeah. Poor Dog Pondering, a legendary Chicago band um, that Max Crawford has been a part of for since the Austin days? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I remember having like a post-gig meal. I, I believe, was it Clark's? Yeah. Uh, on Belmont Avenue. Yeah, me and my brother were there. My brother, a uh, slide guitar player, a don of the Chicago Bluegrass Mafia at the time. The Otters. It was after an Otters show at Shuba's. And and they said, oh, yeah, this is Max. He's in Point Up Pondering. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> really? I love 
bad. I love it. I was a, I was a huge fan. I'm still a huge fan. But now we've actually become like friends and collaborators um, musically along the way. Done yep. a lot of stuff together. You've played with Tributosaurus a bunch. You and I both part of the best baseball music hybrid event in the history of the Worlds world. Worlds Collide. Right? Hot stove, cool music. The coolest. Yeah. It's Theo Epstein and Peter Gammon's event. And it's the kind of stuff where like... I hang out and play. Len Casper hangs out and play. Josh Cantor, who is the organist at Fenway Park. Wonderful human being. Hangs out and plays. It's like anybody who's got a, a hand in both worlds hangs out and plays. And little did I know those years ago, as I was listening to that album and then meeting you and all that, that you would end up being one of us, one of these guys who has a hand in both worlds. Please tell people what your job is at Wrigley Field. Okay, my job at Wrigley is I've been there since 2004. Okay. After after the, uh, that happened, and uh, they decided to put in the facade ribbon boards on the up on the thing, and I was after the uh, last game of two thousand three, I um, was talking with a friend who worked for the Cubs, Andy Jeffioni. She's a, she was a photographer, and she also ran the LED boards underneath the green. Thing. This is before video or anything like that. So uh, obviously, way before any kind of video boards, yeah. a conversation. And, and uh, but so in 2004, they decide to put in the video. It's not video. What it is was it? just LED. It was basically a little bit more sophisticated than what you see on outside of a dentist office with the dancing tooth, <laughs> basically. Okay. But it had like the game info and it had sponsors. You know, they wanted a revenue stream and and some info for the fans. And okay. Stuff. So this is streaming down the right side, uh, right and left side of the stadium. Yeah. And that's where all of a sudden you saw not just the scoreboard out in center field with your details, but all of a sudden you saw digitally the pitch uh, count and the score and the, you know, all that stuff as okay. it's going on. And it was very simple software and it's very easy. And um, basically I, w- I did it the first year and then they realized that they needed somebody with intest- in- no, institutional knowledge. And so I, I stayed on. I think they imagined it being an intern coming every year, different crew every year. Uh-huh. But it was like I needed to train the new people, so I just kind of stayed on. Okay. And I, mean, I don't have anything going on, so yeah, I watch some baseball. So and now, so, now yeah. it's like, now it's like, I mean, we went from the Flintstones to the Jetsons. It's unbelievable. Like I work for NASA now. It's unbelievable. And what do you do? It's called what I do. I'm part of the video board crew. It's called uh, DAC Ops which is short for Dactronics Operator. Okay. And Dactronics is the software that streams all the real-time stats and stuff that goes onto the board. So, and it's all interconnected. There's all kinds of, like, a, we have, like, a four-man crew uh-huh. that, that works in the game. We're down next to Gary and our, our producer, Matt Romito, who is amazing. And they, they, he, they all come from TV, most of the crew. I'm not from TV, so but I know baseball and I know the Cubs history, so they kept me on as kind of a mascot to help out. You know, <laughs> but and now then, you do it, and and, yeah. and 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 what you do is you're the guy who has the has the the resources and then puts up the numbers. So yeah. you'll put when when people are looking and they're reading pitch count, velocity, 
um, uh, and then players' stats when well, they come yeah, up. I can explain how it's all connected. It's, it's, it's really incredible. But I want to give people the basic template here that when they're sitting there and they don't really think about it, but they're like, okay, where, where's this guy's batting average? Okay, it's over on that board because there's yeah. a lot of different boards right. now. All right, how do I find out who's warming up in the bullpen? Oh, it's over on that board yeah. beyond left field. Um, how do I find out the stats on the – like? All, there's a lot of different boards yeah. now, and you're the guy who feeds the numbers in and presses the button that yeah. makes those numbers show That's up. That's exactly right. I have four softwares open while the game's going on. One is called Show Control, and that shows that's the button that you hit that funnels it to the right place, to the right board or whatever. And you okay. have to set up those buttons before the game. And then, um, then there's Content Studio, which is where you build the graphics in uh, to – you know, you have templates for each kind of stat you want to show, and that's before game two. You kind of build that. Or if you have real-time things you need to change, like there's a scoring change, uh-huh. you go in the content studio. And then there's stat vision, which is a main one about what we're talking about. It's where you do the situational stats. And it's just sitting in front of me. I have the batter and the pitcher, and it has all of the stats from career and game as it's going on, you know, all anything you can think of. Well, not – not everything you can think of. I okay. wish there was more. And then are you the guy who makes the choice? Yes. So you, based on the situation, if a yeah. situation is, um, if it's clutch, if it's like late and close, yeah. yep. seventh inning in a close yep. game, you have access to the late and close yep. stats. You could grab those and choose to put those up on a board. That's exactly right. That's what I do for the whole game. I like uh, this guy versus left-handed. Uh, career stats for, for – Lester, whatever I think a fan might be interested in, like what I would be wanting to see. You know, that's all, that's all I do. It's wow. like, what do I want to know? You know, it's what, who's the guy sitting in the seats? What does he want to know? I didn't realize that you had that much control, Max. Yeah. That Dave Max Crawford, this, this brilliant trumpet player and horn section leader, is now the guy deciding what you, the Cubs fan, actually sees statistically well, in certain situations that Rick Field. Do they know what they're I doing? Gotta, I got to be clear on this. <laughs> I'm not in charge. I'm not the boss, okay? The left field, uh, the big video board, the video that's board. the king. Well, that, well of course, because yeah. that, that is a complete game changer for the stadium, the yeah. experience. It's also the number one revenue driver, I would assume, because yeah. of all the advertising that goes on while what's, things are there. What's great for me is that I, like, there in our crew, there's the person that does the balls and strikes, the DAC stats is what they call that, balls and strikes, and the pitcher uh-huh. number and all that. That guy's crucial. He's a linchpin. If he screws up, everything's screwed up because that number he puts in feeds who the stats are for me, like what I see. So if he has the wrong batter up, I have the wrong stats up. It's like all connected. And then there's sitting next to me is a wonderful uh, Erica or Rachel or Karen or Cherie. They do the uh, commercials in between innings. And also like pre pregame with the lineups and all that. Kind sure. Of stuff. And some of the stuff that you're talking about on the video board is absolutely brilliant. And you mentioned Matt Ramita and, and Cubs yeah. Productions showing the different pitches that these guys throw and the different yeah. grips yeah. and some of the in-game yeah. little featurettes, these one-minute features that'll play yeah. between innings. Some of that stuff is absolutely great. Well, they're all like I said, they're all from TV. Chris Simonson is the guy down. He's our director. He's down in the control room, which mm-hmm. is down in the stadium, and he's calling out the camera shots and everything. And I I swear to God, the first game that I worked, I had no clue about all of this. And I was astounded how much they have to keep in their brain uh, juggling. Like, let's do this. Let's do this. Show this. Do this. They have to worry about sponsors 
rules. They sponsors have different rules for what they want to show. And sure. And MLB has all these rules, but you can't show this kind of pitch during this kind of thing. Uh huh. And it's it's just blows me away. This is something that I've wanted to do um, on this show during the course of this year, and if if I do it next year or whenever, it's just like grab a different aspect of the game that is going on that people don't even realize yeah. is happening. Yeah. And talk about it because you're talking about many, many people working on this stuff, um, and this is the way it's going down uh, at, at Wrigley Field, for for example, with all the stats. Okay, so let's say that I'm sitting in um, in the 200 level, uh, but I'm in the first couple of rows under the overhang, so I can see everything. Okay, I can see every possible board pretty much, except what's right behind me. Um, the the things that I can see, Dave Max Crawford on when I look left. <laughs> I see what is that called along the facades? The long, thin one that we goes call all that the way? facade. Okay, yeah. So that's facade. What what else do well, I have? On one side, you'll have the pitcher and his stats and the balls and strikes and the pitch count and the strike percentage. You know, mainly pitching stats on one side. That's and, on that facade. Yeah, and on the other side will be the batting. The guy batting. I don't know if I've ever even realized that. Yeah. So of the two facades, those are chosen. Because a lot of times you're sitting on one side and you can only see one of them yeah. and not the other. Well, it's good for bleacher people, too. You know, they can see that stuff. Sure. You know? All right. So, so even better. Put me, in the, put me in the bleachers. But I'll stay, oh, okay. I'll, I'll stay, with, um, okay. I'll stay with behind the plate being um, stage center. Okay. Yeah. So stage left. Ballpark left yeah. as we mix our music and, and baseball yeah, metaphors. Yeah. So it's depending on the inning. The top of the inning or the bottom of the inning. It'll be batter and pitcher. And then the, when it switches innings... They'll switch. So the pitcher, the the what used to be the pitcher will be the batter. Okay. So so essentially, Cubs are on one side, yeah. oppositions on the other. Kind of. Yeah. D- does that tie in with dugout placement? So are the is the Cubs stuff left? I don't really know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so anyway, so I'm sitting there. Those are what the facades are doing. Is yeah. that everything that's on the facades in terms and they of have stats? Some, an ad, you know, like a logo for the sponsor. For okay. That so that's individual pitcher stuff, individual batter stuff. Then I've got. What are they called down along down the left field line and down the right field line? There's two side by side horizontal screens. Um, you talking about the wall? Yeah, the wall boards. That's what we call it. The wall boards. The wall boards. Yeah. Okay. And those are synced, so they're the same most of the like ninety nine percent of the time. They're they're the same. Uh, so what's in left is also in right. And you'll see. Okay, this is the one that's that's pretty intense. The the you'll have the middle ad on each side. You'll have the pitcher and the batter, and when we have what we call the main look, which is after an ad or anything like that, it comes back to that. And one of the rules is we don't put anything on our boards that was on the uh, the iconic green scoreboard. Hmm. We we don't show run hits and errors because uh, we do show errors, but not constantly. We don't show uh, the score because it's up on the green board. And if if the stat is up on the left field board. We try not to show that too, because we try to keep it show as much as we can without repeating. You know, sometimes we kind of do, but we try not to. Gotcha. So you've got all this space and all these different options of yeah. stats, and you don't want to repeat it as 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 much. Like, because when I look for pitch count and velocity, I'm seeing that on the big video. But well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Okay. So on those boards, you call those the walls. Yeah. And that's where you'll see guys warming up in the bullpen, um, right. and and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, what what it is is it starts out on each side with an ad in the middle. And then that's where I put the situational stats, you know, uh, what we were talking about. Yeah. And it'll switch over to an ad on the left and two thirds things. You have more room basically. Uh And what, what, before the game starts, I'll go and get the Cubs notes and 
the stat vision stats are good for career and season and stuff like that. But right, they, but the, the multiple pages of Cubs notes and games notes yeah. that I get, and now as a guy who gets to do pregame and postgame sometimes, I, I use them uh, yeah. a ton. Yeah, they're amazing. They're, it's amazing. Well, they, the, uh, the stat vision, the software, is good for careers and, and games and seasons, but like what did you do last week kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's, you can't really do that. So I'll go through the Cubs notes, and the first at bat of each Cub, you'll notice that it won't be – It'll look different. It'll be all written out. Uh-huh. And I'll, I write those out. I try to take the full sentences, and it's an art form. And you kind of like boil it down and make it understandable with as few words as possible. It's, I love it. It's like a puzzle. Sure. You know? But okay, well, it sounds like you're trying to get a tweet right in 144 it's, characters. It's very much like that. And it's like, you know, I'll, I'll agonize. I'll agonize over it. It's like, <laughs> You know, like, what is that in the grammar and everything like that? Yes. Make it to where it's understandable. Well, that could mean this. You want to take out that word. Do you have you an know? editor? No, <laughs> it's me. Oh, boy. Oh, no. The only time I get an editor is when I put it up and it's wrong. And then, I, <laughs> then I hear about it. That's a post-production <laughs> yeah, editor. Exactly. That, yeah. that, that's not quite as helpful. Yeah. All right. So we got the facades and then we've got the walls. Yeah. What else? Uh, you got the right field board, which is uh, has the lineups on each side. Right field video board, and that's where the lineups will stay. Yeah. And that has like three different vertical right. things. You got the lineups, and then you have the middle, which has the ad, uh, BioFreeze, the sponsor. And then underneath that is a lower mid, is what we call it, that has the mound visits most of the time. Oh, right. It's like an MLB rule is you have to have the mound visits visible. It's, oh, so that's an MLB rule yeah, that has have, to be up there. You have to have it up there. And we... we uh, you can go away from it for a brief amount of times, which is what I do when I have to put in some weird thing up in there. Like I'll put first pitch, uh, you know, first pitch time, temperature, wind direction when the game starts. Yeah. You know, little things like that. If there's like an RBI, like, okay, so the middle will show the play. I just take away the play. The Dax Dax guy puts in the code for the play. Uh-huh. And then I just take away the ad and show it. I don't really put in the play. He does. I just show. You it. mean the highlight of what just? Of what no, just... no, no, no. The score, like uh, F seven or oh, okay, six three or whatever, like that. Okay, so that yeah. that's there. That's so for people scoring either at home yeah. or really. I know at the there's ballpark. some old person still there keeping score. Oh, there you are. Know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, it's usually Lynn, I, that's, Lynn, it's usually Lynn Bramer and his wife. <laughs> I want to tell you, I understand. I, I grew up, you know, keeping score. I, I, you know, I I love it, and it's like I try to do everything. Everything the scorer says over the over the press box mic, you know? Wild pitch. Yeah. Wild, Wild pitch. Bob tried, Rosenberg. Exactly. I try to put that somewhere so people will have the same information that we have. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you're 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 caring about the person keeping score at the ball game. Yeah. You this know? is what happens when you yeah. get actual people that love baseball <laughs> into a job in baseball. Well, you know, when you're was, doing it with with passion and with care, Max Crawford. Well, I started when I was 15, I started doing American Legion. You know, like Louisiana has great youth baseball programs down South Louisiana. I mean, you know, just won the Little League World Series. Yeah. Yahoo. When I was growing up, it was American Legion. And, it, and I, you know, that was what we did. We'd go down and watch other, our friends play or whatever. Even if we didn't have a game, we'd go watch it. Go watch and the I games. started keeping score at these games. Then one of the guys, one of the parents was like, uh, worked for a newspaper. He said, hey, man, why don't you call in these stats to the paper? So I started being the stringer. 
for the American Legion, I would call in the stats, and they would publish wow. it in the paper. Well, you don't know how many people down there in Louisiana didn't make it through the day without their American Legion <laughs> know, baseball right? stats. But it was so cool to read, you know, you know, you read your buddy's name. Your own name. name. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get in the name. Sometimes. Well, well, oh, I got you. But I, I, could tell, uh, I can tell from uh, personal experience and seeing uh, photos that you looked exactly like Tanner from the Bad News Bears. <laughs> Maybe not exactly, but yeah. you had the blonde hair. You oh. had you had solid. Impressive. I love that movie so much. You know, I totally modeled myself after that movie. See, yeah, I understand. Um, all right, I got to take a break, but okay. I want to come back. Wait, have we got? Have we at least established all the boards, or is there even more? Oh, there's the miles per hour board that shows the pitch speed, and it also I made it, and to that's w- on the big video board. No, right? it's up in the upper deck. That oh. shows, it just shows. I the never pitch look speed. there. I always only look on the video board. And also, this season I made it to where it uh, shows the play to the score of the play, so the people in the bleachers that can't see right field, they'll see the play too. Okay. That, that, if anybody in the bleachers keeping score, they're probably too busy <laughs> pounding. Beers. I know. I'm sure there's some yeah. some of those old folks who are keeping score are out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so that's a lot. You got the facades, you got the walls, you got the right field video board, you got mm-hmm. the main video board where some stats show up, yeah, and then you got really the little deal one. With that, okay, yeah. and then you got the little one. You're talking about the pitch board, or the pitch board, miles per hour, board. and is that everything? Yeah. Okay, that's think, still oh, a lot. Oh, the marquee, the marquee. Oh, the I marquee keep, out front. Yeah, I keep at track the corner of, the, of Sheffield yeah. and Addison. Yeah, I, I, but I don't really do anything. Or not, not I just Sheffield, put excuse up me, the score. Clark and Addison. That shows the score, so I make sure that's right. That's that I don't really do anything. So currently. after 2016, after Game Seven, when it said we did it, no, it said World Series champions. That was me. Oh, I got that story. I got to tell you that story. You pressed that button to have yeah. it. That oh must have God. felt great. Oh, are you going to go to a break? We're going to go to a break. It's a little bit. Yeah. Thanks. Right, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for producing the show. Uh, okay. He is Dave Max Crawford. <laughs> um, and I want to ask a couple more questions about the stats that are out there, and I want to tell you the power that I did not realize that I have. I need to share that story with you when we come back. Top of the hour. Uh, we're going to talk to the man who coached Lucas Giolito, Max Fried, and Jack Flaherty, all of them in high school. We'll do that on 670 The Score on Hit and Run. That is uh, Poor Dog Pondering, complicated from the 1995 album Pomegranate. My guest, Dave Max Crawford, is playing trumpet on that. And what else? Organ and piano. So organ and piano as well, because he plays a lot of things, and he was playing a lot of things then, and he still plays a lot of things. The, the music credits for you, Max, are vast. But look, we don't have time, all right? No. People can baseball. look you up. It's a baseball podcast. It's a baseball show. It's a show, sir. Google me. Google Dave <laughs> Buy Max me dinner first. That's right. Um, you can listen to him play on the uh, on the Summer Teeth tour, the Wilco Summer no, Teeth no, tour. No. That was the record I played on. Oh, okay. Uh, Two thousand eight. It Being was about there. ten years ago. Being there? No. The Damn tour it. they were on, I think, was uh, Wilco. A lot of yeah, Wilco. Wilco. I'm talking about. I think it was Sky Blue Sky. Was the Sky tour. Blue Sky? Oh, like two thousand eight. After they did that that residency at the Riv. Yes. You know, I did all these arrangements for their songs. And they said, come on the road with us. And so the horn section was on the road for a year with Wilco. How great is that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I saw you on SNL during that time, yeah. I do believe. Yeah. Um, so Max is all of that musically and a, and, a, and a good friend. And also 
he operates uh, a lot of these statistical uh, data, the, the stat video boards at Wrigley is yeah. the easiest way for me to say it. And I've got one more software I hadn't gotten to. It was called Metrics is what it's called. Okay. And it, that does the exit velocity and all that, the stat cast stuff. Okay, and where is that? Well, that happens. We only do it after a home run, usually, and it shows up where the visitor lineup is on the right field. No, I've seen it there after the home run, but you don't have it for every batted ball. I was just at Target Field. They have it for every batted Uh, ball. We hope to do that next year. You do. But but as of right now, if it's our guy, if our guy has a good solid line drive, scorched, you know, Uh or something like that, where, you know, you're trying to tell a story. And, And it's like, they're getting good contact. I'll show exit velocity up there you underneath the play, you know? Yeah. Like, or like, or it's a really fun thing. Like when Quintana got a hit, the, uh, he had the RBI or whatever. Yeah. And uh, his exit velocity was like 94.5. But I put it up there on the wall because it was like, as a kind of like, way to go, guy. Sure. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, absolutely. And I'm and sure his teammates would probably look yeah. at it and love it. I'm always trying. I'm, I'm trying to put stuff up there that encourages our team. And kind of puts a seed of doubt in the other team. I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's what I try to do. So it's like I want the other team to get out there and go, "Why am I doing this?" Kind of. That's hilarious. You know? uh, on Twitter, I uh, just heard from somebody. Great segments. As someone who keeps score at the games, thank you to Max for getting those wild pitch pass ball and those error hits up on the board. Even if I occasionally disagree with the official score, and I put an <laughs> asterisk next to it. That's hilarious. Oh, nice. And and this texture. Says, please keep the pitch and speed in the upper deck like you do. I'm a bleacher season ticket holder, and I rely upon it the it's entire game. It's not going game. anywhere. Don't worry about that. All right. And but, then we also this. I don't know if he noticed, but we put the play of the of the game up there now. The score, of the you know, not the score of the game, but the yeah. play is up in the bleachers for the people who can't see right field. You know, gotcha. That's an innovation this year. All right, you have you have a, a lot of power. I'm 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 frightened by how much how much <laughs> editorial an power. It's illusion. <laughs> oh, thank you, Doug Henning. Yeah. I'm frightened by how much power you have. But speaking of power, I I had no idea that I had this. But um, you're you're a listener of the show, and and that's always appreciated. Long time listener, first time visitor. Thank you, sir. And I have uh, occasionally talked about how every at bat. Even if it's the same guy during the same course of the game, he'll come up and I will look up at the big video board and see the stats and I'll see on base percentage and slugging. So I'll see the slash line, the batting average on base and slugging. I want to know the OPS. So I do the math. I add the on base percentage to the slugging. My three digit addition capabilities (laughs) have gone through the roof. Yeah. I've been getting a workout. Yeah. I can go over one uh, sometimes if the guys haven't got enough here. Yeah. Well, well, but, but no, here's the thing. Is that I was mentioning? I don't. I'm tired of doing the math because yeah. some of that math is hard. And then what'd you do? Well, I decided I agreed with you, and I talked to my boss, and I said, "Can we put OPS on the walls? Because right right now the main look we had well before we had the main look we had triples and total in uh, triples and something else stolen bases or something like that. Uh huh. Like who cares? Nobody hardly hits triples. Nobody hardly steals bases anymore. So they said, yeah, go ahead. So I put total bases and OPS, and that's on the wall. When That's the main look when we go back. If you're looking for OPS, yeah, it's where on do the I wall. Find it? It's on the wall. It's on the wall. When the guy's coming to play, coming yeah, up? before I start doing all the crazy stuff, Okay, the main look with the pitcher and the batter. So I've got to look fast. As a guy, I let it stay for a little bit. Okay, so as a guy is announced, yeah. and we know who's up. I can find his OPS over yeah, there. And you don't I don't have can... to do the math. Oh, <laughs> it's such a huge relief, man. 
It's such That's a, what I do. Because if I'm if I'm hitting the three one twos pretty hard, then by the sixth inning or something, that math is well. It, you know, I find myself I'll find myself like driving along and I'll see a license plate and I'll just add the three. You know, I just like keep going. I you know, I try to like keep that muscle going. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. it's like uh, wrist from Robin Highland Park. Thank you. I keep a scorecard at every game. I appreciate the help, Max. The, uh, the guy at the Sox is good. Also, you're welcome. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, all right, you told me there was a John Lester. Uh, the story you wanted to share <laughs> yeah but remember how he had that uh that record setting offer at the start of the season like he was like over 54 yes. or something like that yes okay i remember the exact numbers but he, <clears throat> he as as a hitter before he broke hitter. out yeah. he's got a pretty good stroke he's a good hitter yeah i mean he's the best bunner too but uh um unfortunately people got a warped perspective of his batting because of that and so then then uh he got his first hit. He finally got the first hit against John Lackey, who's his big buddy. Yeah. Right? They're friends. They played together, and Lackey was on the Cardinals, and he got the hit. So when next time he came up, I put a career versus Lackey 1,000, you know, one for one, 1,000, thinking that it would be funny. And he swung at the first pitch, so nobody saw it. Oh. And I was like, oh. I mean, he was up there for very briefly, you know, and I thought for sure it would be funny. <laughs> And then I saw Lester at the hot one of the hot stove things. Yeah. And I told him about it. He goes, uh, I think I swung at the first pitch because I was afraid of getting beamed by John. <laughs> so, he, he, he was kidding. He was kidding. But I think, you know, but I that's it was pretty li- funny. But you had a chance to tell him. Yeah. I you to had this. Career versus Lackey, 1,000. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the rare opportunity. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Dave, uh, Max Crawford brought his horn. Oh. So... He's going to grab that. It is hit and run right here on 670, the score. Um, thank you, listeners, for enjoying and uh, or putting up with and or withstanding and or interacting uh, with segments like this, which are, are super fun um, for me as a baseball geek and hopefully a lot of you. Because there's so many different things that go on during the game that you don't even realize. And Max has threatened. We got so many more things to talk about. We do. We can't. I'm sorry. We, we can't stop. I, I got to move on, man. The Cubs had a brutal loss. I got Lucas Giolito's high school coach is coming on to talk about him. Oh, uh, I'm talking. To, I, I I got. We got to talk big picture. I guess so. All yeah. right. Okay. Sorry, pal. I'll get a podcast. We'll do it longer sometime. But um, <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at Total Pro Horns and tell him if you dug this or not. And he said that he, he threatened to bring his horn and play along with what usually is Are at the top of the show. Um, bump, bump. How about that? <laughs> I love me some twib. The This Week in Baseballs slash hit and run opening music until I get sued. <laughs> and, and maybe, I, maybe I'll just use your original version and I can stop playing yeah. the old one. Cease and desist. <laughs> oh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Thank it you, guys. A, uh, fun fact, that song's called Jet Set, written by Mike Vickers of the Manfred Mann Band. Really? Don't you love it when your guests hit Wikipedia before the show? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Making me think that maybe I should do that every once in a while. <laughs> Look things up. Thank All you, right. Max. All right. You're Thanks, the, Matt. You're the best. He's Dave Max Crawford. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on The Score. This is Hit and Run. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.